Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Since the outbreak of the pandemic, MTN Foundation has presented 5 million CDs to support the government's efforts in the fight against COVID-19. You're still listening to the Joy Business Report. Now, government has finally rolled out the stimulus package for small businesses. But for some SMEs, the proposed 1 billion city fund is woefully inadequate to improve their situation. Lava Firm's Prince Apia has been exploring these concerns in our business journal. My brother, my sister, papa, mama, and Pekin. We go fight time, we go win. We're still waiting for the directors. They just announced that we don't know where. Yao Brefo Ajman is chief executive of Event Space and Recreational Center, Safar Gardens. He explains the impact of COVID 19 on his business and others in the enclave. We buy drinks within our local industries. There are people selling drinks all over here. And they stock our food for us. We buy food stuff. There's a market just behind us. We buy food stuff for the restaurants. We don't do it then. The people within, casual workers, we pick them from their localities. Every day you see them coming. Can we get any job, any casual job to do? Owner and chief executive of Royal Ameta Hotel, Efwa Jemfua Ousui Chow, says the facility has lost close to 500,000 Ghana cities between the lockdown period and now. First, when the president announced it on the 9th, by 11th we had cancelled 41 conferences. President Akufuado launched a stimulus fund on Tuesday as part of intervention to cushion businesses like Yao Brefo and Owusu Chao in the hospitality industry against the impact of the COVID-19. There are, however, fears some businesses, by their status, may not benefit from the relief package. Leadership of the Shanti Business Owners Association, for instance, is helping some of its members to properly formalize their businesses to enable them qualify. Mark Osebwache is secretary. Considering the uncertainty in the system now, uh, the flow of the business has changed a bit. Some of them have their business not well formalized. So we are trying to formalize their businesses to make sure that anything that is going to happen, they are going to have benefit of what the intervention that the government is, is, is bringing on board. Regional chairman of the Ghana Tourism Federation, David Donina, argues that the money will make little impact in view of the number of SMEs in the country. No, 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 it's worth in education. Let's, let's look at this scenario. We have about 1 million SMEs in, uh, in Ghana. Mm-hmm. And let's take that. Uh, the, the woman said they are going to focus on 200,000. Now, if you divide 200,000 by 600 million, it's 3,000. What is 3,000 to a hotel? It can't even pay two stamps. I get it. Mr. Dunina wants government to add accumulated funds from the tourism levy, for instance, to support the hospitality industry. In a uh, hotel industry, we have something called 1% tourism levy. It's levy that we, we tax any person who comes to our, our place to consume our product. We, we take 1% from it and then we, put, we pay it to the government. 
as at 2016 December, the fund has accumulated 22 million, 22 million Ghana cities over there. Hotels alone contributed 18.6 million from that account. Now, from 2016 up to now, let's assume that the fund, the, the fund is now about 30 million. What is that money sitting down there? Meanwhile, city authorities in Kumase are considering relaxed levies and rates for businesses to augment the stimulus packages. Kwejo Ekuyamwabwating is coordinating director for KME. To look at maybe easing the payment of rent and other taxes to us. And we have heard them right. We have been having a series of meetings with them. Yes, and so it means that we need to sit down and discuss their concerns. In the wake of these challenges, the only way for these businesses is for government to ease restrictions on the operations to enable businesses to resume work under strict preventive protocols. Prince Apia, reporting. COVID-19, no big pass we, we go fight and we go win. Wash your hands, love each other, we go win. Well, and that's how we end this edition of the Joy Business Report. Our top story is going to get $144 million as revenue from crude exports for the first quarter. And Aviation Ministry announces relief packages for domestic airlines hit by COVID-19. My name is Charles Aite. George Addo Jr. is coming up next with the locker room to stay.
Locker Room. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulcairns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. The German Bundesliga did set the pace last weekend by leading the way, braving the odds, and doing what many dared not. Football again amidst the coronavirus. Yes, the Bundesliga has become the first major sporting league in the world to swing back into action in the coronavirus era. The eyes of the world really were on Germany today as those first round of fixtures were being played. And you'd have to say, by most metrics, the first part of this experiment, and it is an experiment, has been a success. Yes, there was no fans in the stadium. The atmosphere was completely different from normal. Players wearing masks, the goal celebrations even, socially distanced. It did feel unusual, but it was still football. Um, and, And you really get a sense of how much people were welcoming live sport back on their screens here in Dortmund. The Bundesliga is truly back and we look forward to another round of matches this weekend. But it was the European winning Celtic manager, Jock Stein, who coined the phrase, football without fans is nothing. And this perhaps understandably as football, but not as we know it. The resumption is an experiment. Many will feel it's too early to return. It may be too dangerous even with the safety protocols in place and restrictions on those who can attend, which means no fans are inside the grounds. Many other European leagues will be looking to follow closely. The truth is, if the Germans fail, no one else will continue their planned resumptions. So the stakes are high, but after the cancellations and postponements, at least, we can talk football again. Lewandowski pulls it back and there's the goal, which is smashed in by Serge Gnabry. Gnabry, Robert Lewandowski, Gnabry never stopped running, Gnabry shot 2-0, brilliant football, so simple, so effective and at the end of it so clinical. The closing streets when trophies are up for grabs, stakes and emotional highs, nerves, frauds and actions loaded with consequence. On a simple surface level, stripping league seasons of their final games inevitably leads to the loss of many of the division's defining moments. So we work our way back on the show. We preview games to come in March day 27 of the German Bundesliga and discuss how fans world over are improvising to make their presence felt in the grounds where they are banned from. If you'd like to send us a message, we'd love to read them via social media accounts. Joy slash 907 on Facebook, 0244340437 on WhatsApp or tweeted us at joysportsgh and reacting to our questions of the day. We're united in a fight to bring back football in whatever shape or form, but with the right heads and concerned about life, which is the foundation of all joy. We'll be in England, Italy and Spain to follow Kinley plans to have football return. It's time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello from me, George Adder Jr. and welcome. And as preview Friday, thank you very much. Remember, you can send us your messages on our WhatsApp line. 0244340437. A very great place to start the show then, right in Germany. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. 
The second week of Bundesliga action post return presents what looks set to be a unique Berlin derby. Union Berlin are experiencing the first season in the Bundesliga and are doing well for themselves. Union's quest for a second successive Bundesliga campaign next takes them across Germany's capital to the Olympiastadion, where local rivals Hertha Berlin await tonight's game. More pitch analysis and games involving Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund to come. But now, joining us on the line for some analysis uh, from Berlin is our German football expert, Chris Harrington, who works for DW Television. Thanks, Chris, for your time. Tell me, what are the conversations around the Bundesliga following last week's resumption? Everyone can't be happy, of course. But would you say the effort was appreciated? Yes, it's always a pleasure to uh, share the airwaves with you, bro. Um, all in all, uh, of course, you know, just to touch on your question... Uh, directly, of course, you. It's impossible to satisfy everyone, okay. But um, all in all, you, you have to, you know, uh, say it was a success. Not only, you know, within the country, you have to give a lot of fans credit, you know, for not breaking any of the rules. But on top of that, the reach uh, of the Bundesliga, you know, it's been seen reach that it's it's not accustomed to seeing. You, you can look in Argentina. Argentina has been going crazy, you know, uh, after uh, the opening weekend of the Bundesliga because it's uh, their for major football you have a lot of stars competing you know against one another and then the stars did not disappoint you know as well you know in the Bundesliga we saw some goals you know some nice goals and so forth um, and multiple goals in some instances and then you can look at you know social media other footballers around the world were tuning in talking about you know we're so happy to be seeing football so I think in terms of of what it represents, you know, bigger than the individual fixtures that were taking place, but just the idea that a major sports league returned to action during this crazy pandemic, and it did not disappoint. You know, the uh, score lines, you know, were high, you know, um, and all, all in all, uh, I think the players were content too. There was a sigh of relief, you know, for them to be back on pitch because you had all of this anticipation building up. Right. And you only could get stir crazy when you have to social distance and limit yourself from interaction and so on. And that could be more difficult for other cultures, you know, uh, that have come to Germany uh, more than, than it could be difficult for Germans themselves in a lot of instances. You know, so um, uh, Captain uh, Byron's Captain Manuel Neuer touched on that exactly that premise, you know, that idea of the sigh of relief and how, you know, um, it was almost it's almost like an escape for the footballers in some sense. Right. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, uh, how things are going to go moving forward. Well, Chris, I know you did mention that most players were going to return rusty. There was evidence to suggest that. But how far are we away from seeing teams really switch gears based on what you saw last week? You know, that's a great question. I don't think we need to wait long. Um, I don't think we need to wait long. You know, you can look at some of the fixtures this, uh, you know, this match day ahead of us. You know, you have a local rivalry, you know, kind of brand new in the Bundesliga, but between the capital clubs, Union Berlin and Hertha Berlin. I think that there are situations right now that, you know, would put pressure on the players to play with a higher level of intensity 
and, and, and to go all out. You know, I, I was surprised to see the level of physical contact, um, not only on the pitch during moments of aggression, during challenges. We saw yellow cards given to offensive players as well. And that speaks to the level of aggression that they're playing with. The, the, you know, the, the, the high level of intensity they're trying to weave through traffic and free themselves up for a scoring opportunity. And, and in terms of the officiating itself, you could see that maybe um, the bias of the home pitch was removed. For, for the first chunk of games, you know, uh, the away games look to be getting the better, you know, uh, you know, out of the bunch, aside from obviously Dortmund's uh, fantastic showing, you know, but I, I don't anticipate it'll, it'll be when you add the idea of some teams are, you know, quite tight on the table. The table is not, you know, things aren't set in stone in terms of what will happen at the end of the season. So this opens up that door of intensity that I'm sure the players, you know, as more competitive fixtures uh, are on their calendar, that that level of intensity will increase. Before we do the on-field analysis, let's talk about the sensation so far. Without a doubt, two of the brightest young talents in European and world football are right with you in Germany. Haaland and Sancho have been a dynamite duo for Dortmund since the Norwegian strikers' arrival from Red Bull Salzburg in the winter transfer window. What's working for them? Haaland, uh, I think what makes him special is just, you know, his desire to be great. You know, um, I think he's 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 flirted with greatness against um, some serious opponents in his young career. You know, he hasn't been on the main stage for a very long time, but he is definitely delivering in every possible way a striker should you know he's very big and physical you know we saw the lead up you know to the play you know before he opened his scoring against Schalke you know that's a check that's a positive you know it's important to be physical when you need to be he can finish and uh he definitely comes through when the light is on him all eyes are on him he scored in every Bundesliga debut I mean what more can he do and I think that young nucleus when you when you compliment that kind of player a striker with the completely different kind of player but definitely uh, warrants all of the um, attention he's been receiving lately and that's Jaden Sancho Jaden Sancho you know uh, is a very magical talent everyone in the world acknowledges that right now that combination is very lethal it is very attractive for the Bundesliga because it it really opens up that door of hope and possibility that says, wait a minute, you know, with these young guys, you know, Dortmund can actually challenge and dethrone Bayern. Bayern's getting up in age. They, they, they're all old, right? You know, but, um, you know, I think the combination, you know, between these two talents, uh, Jaden Sancho just as badly as Holland wants to be great, you know, wants to be uh, in the conversation of being the best players in the world. You know, I think the sky's the limit. And I think that Dortmund, you know, has mastered that recipe of having young talent. Unfortunately, they always, that young talent always departs for greener pitches, you know, better and bigger teams, you know, but um, Dortmund definitely sets the bar in terms of harnessing uh, the young, uh, unpolished talents uh, around Europe and getting the best out of them. Chris, let's get into the game for the weekend and tell us about your best five games you're looking forward to and what the subplots are and why we should all get excited about watching them. Um, my top five matches. Well, you have to look at uh, just for some attractive football. I tune in to Mainz in Leipzig. Now, they're nowhere near close on the table. You know, Mainz is dealing with uh, relegation issues where Leipzig, you know, still has a run of the title. But the first time these two sides matched up, they were eight goals scored. All right. And Timo Vanna was the main guy. Three goals, three assists. 
as well. It really put Timo Vanna, you know, in that conversation, in that transfer market, you know, rumor mill, uh, and, and gave him a top billing for a while. You know, and he's still obviously, you know, in the conversation with a lot of clubs moving on. But that is a fixture you could look forward to. I mean, and Wolfsburg. I mean, this is also an attractive match in terms of the talent. You know, I'm hoping to see Jaden Sancho featured in the starting 11 so we can see Sancho and Holland in the lineup. You know, so we can see that chemistry play out. Uh, historically, the Dortmund have just been dominant in this fixture. It's been a while since uh, the Wolves have tasted victory uh, against Dortmund. But both teams are coming off uh, wins. Frankfurt and uh, Bayern Munich competitively, that's not so interesting because they uh, are uh, far apart on the table. You know, um, in terms of points, their 30 points separate them. That's not competitive in that sense. But Bayern Munich didn't have not forgotten the beating Frankfurt gave them in the first half of the season. So, uh, you know, I think revenge... You know, is uh, best served cold, and and it's cold in the sense of this fixture has nothing going for it other than that that crazy history. Uh, another match, Gladbach and Leverkusen. Now, when we talk about um, close matches, the Gladbach and Leverkusen is the best match to look forward to because it's going to be the most competitive. I mean, these teams are neck and neck on the table. They're third and fifth. You don't have a, a another top tier uh, battle. You know, and, and then you look at the point separation. Only two point separate them so the outcome you know one can hurdle over the other you know a draw will uh keep things the same you know but um Leverkusen you know uh looked very good they're offensive and so is Gladbach you know they both netted three goals uh last time out so I think this will be an offensive affair uh Kai Havertz was very big for Leverkusen you know uh Gladbach have their you know player Taram you know connection uh, uh, ben Zabini as well. You know, Gladbach looked very good last time out. And, you know, I know they have big ambitions. In this particular game, I think that they'll have a little more incentive because I- I'm expecting to see fan cutouts all over the place because this was one club that had the fan cutouts. <laughs> you know, so maybe that will definitely stimulate Gladbach a little bit more than Leverkusen because they'll have the 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 uh, perception of a presence inside their stadium. You know, and uh, last but not least, man, I have to go with the Union uh, Derby. Union Berlin, Hertha Berlin Derby, the the capital city clash. These teams are the closest on the table. You know, only one point separates uh, uh, these teams. They're neck and neck. Uh, Union 12th and Hertha's 11th. The first uh, fixture between these two, there were no goals scored in open play. There was only a penalty, you know, and this is really for bragging rights, of course. You know, you want to dominate your city, especially when there's a new kid on the block, such as uh, Union Berlin. So uh, Hertha, you know, have the momentum behind them, you know, uh, but Union were victorious when they first met. So, uh, this one should be interesting. Chris Harrington works for DW Television and was joining us on the show from Berlin. Thanks for your time. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. But perhaps today of all days, a day when, for the greater good of the game, we get a game to remember played in the right spirit. That's a bit better. Hazard, great ball in, Ambrosio, they strike first. And of course, of course, it had to be Erling Haaland. That is 10 in 9 for the hottest young striker in world football. Guerrero. Brilliant from Rafa Guerrero, and Borussia Dortmund lead 2-0. It was all of Schalke.
after another and two for Rafael Guerrero today. They can't hug him as much as they want to, but the smile is worth it. Here's a Neuhaus and player again. Oh, Alisson Blair inside 35 seconds. And Gladbach make the most blistering start here in Frankfurt. It's Andre Silva in here. Silva's in to get one back for Frankfurt. Is it though far too little, far too late to play 10 more minutes? So we know football has resumed with the German Bundesliga preparing for its next round of games amidst the coronavirus pandemic. Well, as sports continues to emerge amidst the pandemic in order to maintain safety and prevent the spread of the virus, it's clear we'll all be armchair fans, at least for some time. The doors to sports for supporters are firmly closed. And so, there'll be no moments like this. 3.58 for nine. Stokes on strike. England need one to win. And in comes Pat Cummins from the far end. He bowls to Stokes who hammers. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Instead, it would sound more like this. Sodi, with his wristy stuff, comes up and bowls, and it's pulled away for six by Finch, way into the crowd. It's gone a long way back. Well, I used to say into the crowd. Let's say into the seats. Now, one of the <laughs> one of the players has to go and fetch it because there's no one there to throw it back. He's got to find it before he fetches it. Yes, commentators would have to get used to the terminology in front of no spectators. 
So, let's look at the sports behind closed doors, the challenges it poses for broadcasters, how clubs are coming up with innovative ways of cardboard cutouts to driving view areas, and what it's like for players when there's no crowd to appreciate their moment of excellence. So, how do broadcasters continue to bring the emotion and the drama of sport, keep that alive without the passion of the fans? Joining me now, Executive Chairman of Sunset and Vine, one of the world's leading sports production companies, Jeff Falser. Thanks, Jeff, for your time. As a television viewer, of course, you want to see what's going on in the sports. But it's also about the immense of experience, the feeling like you are there. So the cutaway shots of crowds celebrating are very much part of the whole package, right? Yes, they are indeed. And, you know, as you, as you, you know, th- those two clips you played, the, the cricket clips show just what a difference um, uh, live sport is when you have a crowd there and when you don't. And it's, I think it is pretty much devalued um, a lot when, when, when there is no crowd in the stadium. Um, from a TV perspective, though, um, I don't think you should mess around with it too much. Um, I, I think the integrity of the game, whether it's football, cricket, rugby, whatever it is, is, is the most important thing. And I know there's been talk in, over the past few weeks with the Premier League and the broadcasters, how do you, how do you enhance the experience for mm. viewers and listeners? But I, th- I just think you've got to be true to the sport. Um, you know, I've watched the start of the, the Bundesliga there. Well, they just kept it simple. Um, and I think it's fine. You know, the viewers are not stupid. They know what they're watching. They know the situation the world is in. They're happy to get live sport back on again. Um, and if there isn't a crowd there, there isn't a crowd there. I think I think the uniqueness of it at the moment is, is, is something. And, you know, people are really happy to, to have sport back on TV. I think it might start to pull a bit when you haven't got commentators fighting against wonderful, colourful crowd shots. You know, we're supposed to be covering the, the World T20 cricket in Australia. And um, can you imagine T20 cricket without a crowd there? And Jeff, you were involved in the Europa League match played behind closed doors involving Olympiacos and Wolverhampton Wanderers. What kind of challenges then does this bring to you when you are trying to produce content? Well, it, to be honest, the, the, you know, the game is the game. Um, it's, it's how, how do you make it exciting for the viewers? And the answer is, you can't. You have to rely on what goes on the field. I mean, I think we did two games in two nights before the um, uh, Europa League was, was was stopped. And the other game was, I think, Man United playing in Austria. And it was just like a training game, really. I know Manchester United won very easily, but it, it wasn't a fantastic viewing experience. And I don't think you can do very much to... To change that, you know, I think there's been talk about should we have, you know, computer generalized crowds behind, you know, behind the goals in, in the whole ground and, and crowd noise. And but, you know, it's, it, it just makes the whole thing sound a bit false. And, and the CGI is very, very expensive to do. You've got to have every camera calibrated. And so that's not going to be a runner. Um, I think the Korean experience last week was quite interesting where they pumped in um crowd noise from the PA system at the ground and that wasn't bad I, I, I think that's okay um, and in, in the Premier League you know it might help to mask the shouts of the players and dare I say some you know some unseemly language that's that's possible but you, you, you can't I, I, I think you just treat it um, for real so I get it treat it for real don't worry about the gimmicks but let's bring in Elias Anderson who is the founder of Hear Me Cheer just one of the companies trying to get around this current situation. Elias, tell us about what you're planning, because we know it's a website that helps to promote people support their team. 
Right. So each fan goes on to our website and they're actually able to just cheer normally as if they were, you know, at a game or even just watching TV at their house. And our system actually aggregates all those cheers. So it's real authentic, real time cheers and feeds it to the broadcaster, to the PA system, um, all sorts of different avenues that we sort of get those cheers out into the world. So a lot of the reason for that is that you know that you're not really being listened to no one's hearing you cheer right um, whereas when you have this system open and, and on your computer or on your phone you actually like your brain consciously makes the decision that you know i could be heard on the broadcast so i'm gonna want to be you know my, my best fan self alas how quickly can you get around this trying to get the sound onto the television picture uh like it happens in real time so um, you know, in less than a third of a second, you're hearing your own cheer would be on the on the broadcast. Well, so our system works in the background. So you can, you know, put turn the uh, website on on your phone and then put it down on the coffee table or anything like that. And you can actually just cheer in the background. You don't need to be actively using your second device. Um, you know, the phone can be locked and everything like that. So that really creates this experience. You know, you're very much still immersed in the content that's on the screen. Yeah. Um, and it's not so much of a second screen experience as as some of the other products that are out there. It's it's really important to not take eyeballs away from the screen in a time like this. I think um, you know having a, a second a second screen that's not really you know used as much and, and is more focused on the audio aspect is, is a huge thing. We wish you the very best then. Elias Anderson is the founder of Hear Me Chair. Jeff is still with us on the line, and you have heard Elias. Is there a slight shift in your thinking about the gimmicks? to try and enhance the viewer experience. And you know, there are many innovations that are being looked at at the moment. Well, I love innovation. I don't like gimmicks. Um, and I'm, I don't want to be, appear rude to, to the gentleman there, but I, I, I don't think it mirrors the experience at all of, of, of what it's like to be in a crowd. Um, you know, I've heard, I've heard talk as well recently that they were thinking of having a big screen at each end of the ground with 16 images of fans at each end. So home fans at one end and the away fans at the other. So when the goal's scored, they can run towards their fan. It, it doesn't work for me. I think, you know, if you do stuff on second screen, you know, uh, watching the sport with a second screen, if you, if you want to do that, most people just want to watch the game. But if you want to watch on a second screen, you know, you can do all sorts of things technologically. You can control the graphics. You can control the size of the clock. You can control the noise level if there is any. You can shut out the commentators if you don't like the commentary. Um, you can do whatever you want, but that's not for everybody. And I, you know, I love innovation, and we've always, I think, had a reputation of being an innovative um, production company. But you know, I, get, I go back to what I said at the top: you've got to maintain the integrity of the sport and stay true to its values. Thanks, Jeff Fussell, Executive Chairman of Sunset and Vine, one of the world's leading sports production companies, for joining us on the show. So now let's talk about what the fans are doing themselves. And Borussia Mönchengladbach are at home against Bayer Leverkusen this weekend. And the fans have ordered more than 12,000 cardboard cutouts for themselves to help fill the Borussia Park Arena. Ingo Mola is one of those Borussia Mönchengladbach fans who's been putting out one of those cards today and joins us. Thanks, Ingo, for your time. Where did this idea come from? Well, it was actually my wife's idea a couple of months ago, a couple, a couple of weeks ago. We were in quarantine in Berlin. And um, I was really angry about the fact that I couldn't watch uh, our, actually, our away match at Frankfurt. 
And she said, well, next time we're playing at home, you put up a picture of yourself, at least there's somehow in the stadium, and this is when, when the idea was born. But I have to correct you. We're not looking at 12,000 orders. We're looking at 18,000. Well, that's amazing. So all those supporters will be happy to have a place in the arena. A couple of questions for you, though. Do you know where you will be sitting? Because you are putting these curtains around the stadium where you love to sit, right? Well, you know, you know, in Germany, we have we have mostly safe standing um, in those areas where the active fan scenes are hanging out. And um, since I was a prototype, I was able to put myself up. Um, I, I think in in the beginning, so I'm 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 safe standing, safely standing. There's so many different different faces, and, and someone someone's even sent their dogs. And, and as as fans, we say like you know. Dogs and cats, they're not allowed in the stadium, so they have to stay outside. We're also trying to make um, well, a message to all, to all football associations around the world. We would, don't want football without fans because, you know, even though you have lucky and happy, there won't be any sound in the stadium. Even though the, the carports, they absorb a little bit of the sounds um, of the balls and the screaming and the yelling of, of the coaches. Um, it's just we already had one, uh, what we call the ghost match a couple of months ago. The one won, but it was still sad. And we know exactly what it feels. And you can see it now. We're watching the football conference in Germany as um, sadly, I think, the football world. All across, all across this planet, everybody has to watch the Bundesliga. Ingo Muller, thanks for your time and all the best in the game involving Borussia Mönchengladbach and Bayer Leverkusen at home tomorrow. Just one more fun innovation to navigate the situation. And the idea is to watch the game on big screens at the car park. And this is something FC Midtjylland are trying as well. Klaus Kallström of the supporters group of FC Midtjylland joins us. Klaus, thanks. So the idea is that what you pull up to the ground, stay in your car, watch the experience on the screen and jubilate where the goal is scored. How's that gone down with the supporters? Well, we are looking forward to it. It's just better than nothing, you know. Uh, well, the num- I can't give you numbers, but the interest has it, been huge. People are just talking about they're, they're going to be there for no matter what. So I expect uh, yeah, full car park. Yeah, I think that it's better than nothing. And we're still together, even though we are apart. So we, we're allowed to scream out the windows. And and, uh, and and hopefully people will keep the distance. But camping soon, uh, I think the, the police could be ready with a lot of fines. It's the fan community. That's the most important thing. Thanks, Claus, for your time. And good luck. And so certainly from the cardboards... And to the car parks, we have to find out what the Danish fans are attempting to do. An interesting idea. And they love to, to, to do something to ensure that their fans can, I mean, their players can hear that they're, they're somewhere around the stadium. Now, this is very interesting. My colleague, Moses Yaboa, has just been running through what they plan to do when football resumes later this month. There will be no fans or audience when football reopens in Denmark in late May due to the COVID-19 virus. The game will be played behind closed doors. But at the first game, after more than two months without football in the country, the fans will still be able to take part in the game and enjoy the togetherness and the community with their fellow fans. Even though they are not allowed to come to the stadium, it sounds like utopia in this case. 
But in Aarhus, where the local 3F Superliga club AGF will play the first game after the lockdown in the best year against local rivals Renders FC, AGF is planning to celebrate the reopening of Danish football with a world premiere on a new digital football experience that brings the fans and the community together like we have never seen before in football. The new digital initiative, which requires no less than 23 men to execute during the match, is being run in collaboration with the international digital video platform Zoom. It will be a kind of virtual stadium to which you pick up a free ticket and as the match begins, you gather with those who have a ticket to the same virtual grandstand section and there are 22 different sections to choose from just like a regular football stadium so there will be room for both home fans neutral spectators and away fans but only virtual the digital initiative will see several screens to be set up in the middle of the home stadium of agf Ceres park here the fans watching from their virtual grandstand section will be shown so also the players of the match will be able to see and feel the support from the living rooms directly at the stadium at a healthy distance but still close at the heart and to the football okay so you have to choose what you would like to do uh this will be a great 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 um view i think because you are in the stadium but you are live in the stadium via zoom as a crowd has found watching a crowd has against kumasia santa kotoko because we have huge <laughs> screens in the crossport stadium when a goal is scored the players can see us chanting and uh, screaming and making all the noise but from our living rooms that's one you may want to decide to find out your cardboard cutouts that's really up to your size that looks like you and place it somewhere at the Brickham Park when Brickham Chelsea are up against Inter Allies all very well you may drive to the car park of the Barbera Sports Stadium and with social distancing roll your glasses down and watch a big screen outside the stadium when Kumasiya Santa Kotoko score a goal you scream from your cars and at least the players can hear you what would you want to do or what are you ready to do sacrifice for the team that you love because they need your support some way somehow well next we have to find out how the english premier league is getting back they are looking forward to doing this the project restart is on they had a few bumps on the road i had a great chat with the bbc john bennett of the joy sports bbc two-way series let's enjoy this Thanks, Sean, for your time this weekend. And let's start in England because it's been quite a topsy-turvy week for Project Restart after receiving the news that some Premier League players had tested positive on the day group training was meant to start. How does this affect the potential return then of the English Premier League? Yeah, six positive tests across three Premier League clubs. And the kind of reception to that, the reaction to that has been that that seems like quite a low number when you consider the amount of players tested but of course every positive test is a worry and Adrian Mariapa one of the players who tested positive he's been speaking about it and his quote's really interesting George he said it was a big surprise because he, he hadn't really left the house apart from doing some exercise the odd walk with the kids he's just been keeping fit he's been homeschooling he's had a very quiet lifestyle he hasn't had the parties that we've heard about some naughty Premier League players having so he doesn't really understand how he how he got it. He says it's quite scary how you can feel absolutely fine and, and still get the virus. So that will be a worry 
for other players that, you know, he's lived his life right. He's been in lockdown, but still he's picked up the virus. But luckily he seems okay. He isn't, isn't suffering from any of the, the symptoms. So, so we wish him well. But uh, what I can gather is being seen as quite a low number of positive tests when you consider the amount of players in the Premier League that were tested. While club administrators, league management and government try to sort out safety protocols, players seem to be making stronger cases for a no-show. What for striker Troy Dini led the frustration claims this week. John, are players being heard at all in all of this? I think the players are being heard. I think they will have an important voice in all of this. Uh, we've heard from the Brighton chief executive, Paul Barber, again this week. He's encouraged Premier League players to speak up if they're worried over coronavirus return to training protocols. The big story this week was Chelsea midfielder Angolo Kante saying that uh, he, well, he didn't say it, but we heard that he'd taken compassionate leave. He returned to the first day of training on Tuesday, but then was worried about returning the next day. So the Chelsea manager, Frank Lampard, backed him and basically said he didn't have to come. He's training alone at home. And the Watford captain, Troy Deeney, among those deciding not to train since the players were allowed back at their clubs this week. I think the players will have an important voice, but what I can gather from Germany following the Bundesliga story is that the players initially were very concerned, but then as things progressed, as they saw that their training grounds are safe, that the protocols are safe, I think then they they got a bit more relaxed about it. We heard from Jordan Henderson this week saying that he feels as though Melwood, the training ground, is one of the safest players to safest places to be at the moment. Um, they're getting tested regularly. The hygiene is, is first class. So for me, I think the players should consider themselves to be among the safest groups of people in in the country at the moment. The way they're being looked after. But don't get me wrong, I understand the concerns of Troy Deeney, of Angolo Kante as well, because of course it's been revealed as well that um, the BA. ME community, black and ethnic minority community, are more susceptible to the virus than other communities. So I can totally understand the concerns of Angolo Kante and Troy Deeney and the good news is the clubs are listening to them and the football authorities are listening to them. So if it got to a point where they, they said they didn't want to play, I think they would be allowed not to play. At least, John, there was an action in various training grounds this week. Can you describe the response of clubs and football fans in the UK following the opportunity to kick a football again, at least in groups. Yeah, we saw the happy smiles, didn't we, of the likes of Naby Keita, Sadio Mane uh, returning to training at, at Liverpool. And I think the vast majority of players, we talked about N'Golo Kante, Troy Deeney, but the vast majority of players are really happy to be back. It's tough. It's been tough for all of us, hasn't it, in lockdown. But for these very active people, used to go into training every day, to be cooped up in their houses it's been tough for their mental health so I'm sure that most players absolutely relieved to be back uh, there are differences the training is a bit frustrating at the moment they're in small groups you get little things like the ball having to be disinfected and apparently it gets really sticky little things like that I'm sure are frustrating but they're, they're delighted to get back the next step is training in bigger groups and government officials in the UK they've said discussions over contact work at training grounds should take place fairly quickly. So I think we'll steadily see an increase in the amount of players training as we get towards the uh, the mid part of June when we hope that the games will restart. John, it appears some EPO players are getting into trouble already with lockdown rules. We know Tottenham and Bournemouth 
are investigating Serge Aurier and, and Jordan Ibe after they appear to breach social distancing rules. And Chelsea's Callum Hudson-Odoi was in trouble too. How concerning is this? It is concerning, and it's been um, a drip feed of stories, hasn't it, throughout this lockdown. The likes of Jack Grealish, remember, Carl Walker. So Jaurier has been in trouble a few times now. Jordan Ibe, who um, we've heard this week is is leaving Bournemouth when his contract comes to an end. He's had a horrendous time at Bournemouth, and his career really has not kicked on in the way that it should have done. Remember when he was in a dilemma about whether to play for Nigeria or whether to play for England. He chose to play for England. There's no way he's going to get near an England call-up in the next few years now. He really needs to take a long, hard look at himself and and try and work out how he can salvage his career. It is worrying, but we have to remember the vast majority of footballers have been well-behaved and many of them as well have done a lot of work for charity, a lot of work to raise awareness about how important it was to stay at home in the early stages of the lockdown, there have been some wonderful stories of, of players helping out charities um, from across the spectrum, really. Many African footballers have, have done a lot. Um, uh, for example, I, I spoke to Ajuman Badu um, very early on in this crisis, and he was sending money so that equipment could be purchased in three locations in Ghana. I'm sure you heard about this. So many, many players have done a lot for charity, have done a lot to help. It's just the small minority that have sometimes let the others down. Finally, John, how advanced are plans to get government's approval for the return of contact training in elite sports? Yeah, it's progressing. Government officials saying discussions um, should take place very quickly about that. And I think they do have the backing of the government in the UK. I think the government here see the return to football and top flight football is an important part of boosting the morale in the country whether that's true of the vast majority of people in this country I'm not sure it would certainly boost my morale but I know I'm friends with a lot of people who don't really care about football so it would have no impact on their lives but I'm sure people like you and I you know it would boost our morale wouldn't it to have the have football back to watch and that there are even discussions in the UK of having some of the games on free to air TV so many people can watch them so like I say, 12th June, I think, now looking less likely, but late June is very possible. If you'd asked me a t- couple of weeks ago about Project Restart, am I confident it will happen? I would have said, I'm not confident. I'd have said 70-30 chance that it won't happen. Now, I am probably the other way. I think there's an 80% chance that, it, that it'll happen now. I think things are moving in the right direction. Obviously, we know that the football authorities aren't really in control. The governments are in control and the spread of the virus is in control but there seems to be a real push to get football back on now and if things stay as they are now then I think we will get Premier League football towards the end of June and I'll finally be able to talk to you George about Leicester City winning games and Chelsea losing games so I'm looking forward to that <laughs> <laughs> that's the movie since John Bennett there hoping that well, Leicester win games and Chelsea will lose games well we don't know how that works but thank you very much John Bennett for your time on the show Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Good strike, oh, and in off the post, sends he opens the scoring at Sampdoria in the 20th minute. Ramani bars his way to goal, 
It is 10 in a row for the remarkable, for the ageless Cristiano Ronaldo. And Juventus have a crucial lead. Oh, he got a hand on it, but Napoli lead. Merton scores. A little over eight minutes remaining. Wooden Van Dijk has posted back and Juventus is in. Napoli. More football in the locker room and let's head to Italy because... Italy's Football Federation has set 20th of August as the deadline for finishing the season with a new campaign starting on the 1st of September. The current season has been on pause since mid-March because of coronavirus, but the FIGC still intends to finish the top three divisions. There are 12 rounds of matches remaining in Serie A, while four other games are also outstanding. Juventus chasing a ninth successive title lead the table by a point. Question is, how soon is the Serie A returning then? Joining us briefly on the line for some analysis is Italian football journalist Max Evangelisto, all the way from Rome. So, Max, what percentage chance do you give the return of football in Italy? 99% because everyone really wants to start the season again. So it's just a matter of defining the last two, um, you know, objects of the contending. So the, the common will is to start because there's too much money involved, of course, and to start only for the professionals. So Serie A, Serie B and Serie C, which is the third league, uh, the third Italian league, they will all start. But well, there's a big sticking point, isn't there, over medical protocols between the government and football authorities. We know if a player is tested positive, then the whole squad has to go into quarantine. Has that been resolved now? Yes, the, the, this is actually the uh, the thing, the major thing which is uh, being debated at the moment uh, together with the responsibility of the doctors of the team. So, you know, uh, they're trying to reduce the terms of 14 days, you know, just because of the fact that the test will be uh, done on the players every four days. So, you know, uh, they're trying technically to solve this problem. But as I said before, the common will is to get there, the point. And the point, uh, if you allow me, should be uh, the second weekend of June, uh, the 13, 14 of June. Everything should, should start again. Definitely, Max. I'm sure they're working out the ins and outs of the quarantine period. But how about playoffs? What's the news? Uh, because we're told this may be used to settle the season. The playoffs should be the the very last, uh, you know, uh, option uh, for everybody. No one wants to go into the option of the playoffs because it's a little bit unfair, to be honest. You know, teams which have never been involved with the uh, with the title, with the conquest of the title, they will be, you know, involved into that, and it's not really that fair. And the same thing applies for the relegation uh, thing. You know, so they're trying to avoid. If it's really not possible to start with any other solution, they will do the playoffs. But at the moment, it's a minority chance. Max, finally, tell us about training. Because the disagreement has caused some issues. We know group training has been postponed. How is all of that coming along to get the players back? Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. In. Okay, the, te- the players uh, have been uh, allowed to um, train individually from the 4th of May, just from this starting of this uh, week, uh, from Monday and Tuesday for a lot of clubs. They are training again uh, as a squad, which is very important. Uh, little um, groups of players in different parts of the field, but uh, they are training again as, you know, uh, as a squad, which is very important. It's a slow procedure, obviously, uh, respecting all the uh, safety procedures but at the moment this is a story so the the players are back Italian football journalist Max Evangelista thank you very much for your time on the show and that will give us a chance then to go around the continent and find out how are the leagues are doing. We know the Ghana Premier League has not started. It will take some time before they can reach an agreement with government to allow football to be played again but here we go with the Africa report. Mubarak Haruna has got this. Egyptian Football Association have decided to extend the suspension of all football activities in the country for another couple of weeks until the end of May as the country continues fighting the spread of COVID-19. Egyptian football clubs had already halted training asking players to stay fit at home until further notice. Earlier this week, 13 out of 18 Egyptian Premier League clubs have asked the Egyptian Football Association to call off the season, with runaway leaders Ali insisted on the necessity of resuming the season to avoid huge financial losses. The top Senegalese football leagues that have been suspended since March will be decided by playoffs in November, the Senegalese Football Federation has said. In a first for Africa, the full remaining schedule of 13 games will not be played. Instead, a 14-team League 1 and League 2 will be split and the seven teams at the top will compete in a mini-league for the title and promotion, whilst the bottom seven will do likewise for the relegation places. Mauritius became the first country to end its football season due to the pandemic after an initial indefinite postponement on March 19. A decision is yet to be taken on its representatives in next year's CAF club competitions. In Kenya, the Football Federation has decided to end football across all its seven tiers of the men's game as well as the two tiers of the women leagues. Under a force major clause in its rules, the champions of each league will be decided by the standards at mid-season. Elsewhere, the Guinean Professional Football League announced that their top two tiers will not be completed because of the pandemic. With the uncertainty on when the pandemic will be over, a unanimous decision was reached to cancel the league with no champions, promotion or relegation. The league had reached the halfway point with Horoya leading the standards with 29 points. Liberia has also announced the cancellation of all their football leagues with no champions, relegation or promotion after a meeting of the executive committee. In Zambia, the Football Association have confirmed to the Confederation of African Football the intent to resume their domestic football season next month. Uh, yeah, that's-
that's the way to end the show. That's how in the Murax Report. And that's about it for the locker room. We're back next week with another great edition. Now we've got headline news at two. Mama Via Boajesi is a Manchester United fan. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to football. Absolutely. Yeah. I know we've lost some money. Like but Reverend we'll Isidana make it back. We'll make it back. We'll get you. We are looking for a Chelsea pasta. <laughs> you reply. Anyway, what have we got in the news? Now 13 health workers in the central. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.